Oh, I suspect this space is bad. <laughs> I think it's going to be a bit echoey. Yeah. I can hear it. Yeah. I can already hear it. Hello, 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 hello. Oh, God. Oh, well. Yeah. Let's listen to it. <laughs> See how it is. Beer with Buffy is a retro analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us on patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. I was told you were coming. The big bad is back. This time... I'm not getting the clearance to come into the initiative. I've been thinking about the world. Take a stand and see the It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this one. Welcome to Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. On today's episode of Beer with Buffy, we are going to be... Reviewing Season 4, Episode 21 of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Primeval, which is Part 2 to the Yoko Factor. We may be a bit rusty. It's, <laughs> it's been a minute. Oh, God. Or a couple million of them. Oh, God. It's been months. So we're not going to talk too much about it. In fact, we're not going to talk about it at all. No. Hope everybody's enjoying their quarantines. And we're coming at you hot and live from my grandma's garage in her backyard. Yay! Because <laughs> I didn't think it could get weirder than my mom's basement, which we never did record in my mom's basement. Not no, once. No, we, we never did. Nope. And I don't think that would work. Yeah, I know one of our um, <laughs> one of our fans said that it had, was lamenting that it had been 50 days since the last episode of Beer with Buffy. And that that hurt to the core, oh, man, when you yeah. said that. Oh, yeah. I haven't been keeping track. I was not keeping track, and I continue to not keep track. I specifically have been avoiding checking almost anything podcast-related just because it fills me with grief and anxiety. Right? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, don't get me started on grief and anxiety. <laughs> yeah, there's. I mean, there's plenty of other sources of that. Sure. <laughs> um, and I say that for mostly the listeners' benefits. Uh, Rex has been uh, receiving the full brunt of my anxiety, and I wouldn't be here without him. I wish I could clink your glass, yeah, but but we're you're well over six feet away. Yeah, like you're fucking supposed to be. <laughs> Wear your masks! You fucking plague rats. <laughs> Not you. You're probably cool. But you know the ones I mean. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're done. We're done. Alrighty then. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. So, it was a dark and stormy night <laughs> in my grandma's garage when Beer with Buffy, dun dun dun, came back on the air. It's alive! <laughs> it's alive! <laughs> Alright, it was raining earlier today and I was planning on it raining during this. And I thought it would be a great ambient background noise if there was rain. And then I kind of wanted it. And now I'm kind of right. mad that we don't have rain. <laughs> I know, I heard, I heard one thunderclap today. 
and then nothing else. And I'm just like, like, <laughs> really? That's all you got, Michigan? What the fuck? <laughs> Michigan, you're supposed to kick our ass with thunderstorms. <laughs> hey, man, careful what you wish for. I heard a few. I love thunderstorms. Yeah, they're all right. Hmm. I sleep really fucking well during storms. And let me tell you, I could use it. <laughs> oh, man. I was playing a YouTube video that's eight or nine hours long of just storm rain sound effects. And at some point during this, during the lockdown, it stopped working for me. And so I've had to, oh. <laughs> I've had to yeah. switch it up. For the longest time, because I have chronic insomnia, so every now and then I just get fucked. Yeah. Um, intermittent chronic insomnia, which is the worst fucking kind in my opinion, because I forget how bad it is till it happens again. Yeah. And I get constant reminders of like, oh, this is how my brain is supposed to feel. Yeah, I know that feeling. But anyway, so I swear by uh, sleep talk down videos. Uh-huh. Where it's usually usually the ones I like are the ones where it has rain sounds or or very pleasant calming music sleep and meditation somebody, videos yeah and yeah. somebody very calmly with a good good mic and good voice goes through a really soft meditation talk through and just talks you to sleep and they are amazing they are and I was I switched straight to those. And uh, that stopped working for me at some point, too. But uh, really, I don't need to get into all that. Yeah. But there was there was just a lot of other shit going on. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So we got two new reviews. Yeah. On iTunes that popped up just with both of them within the last couple of days. So I don't know how the hell iTunes does this. But because one of them happened on May 10th. Buffy1 says... A must for Buffy fans. I have been a fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer since it came out, and I am very protective of it. I was worried that beer... I love it when they start like this. Right. (laughs) I was worried that Beer with Buffy would hate on my favorite show and make me angry. But it's very much the opposite. Josh and Rex love the show too, but take a critical eye to it and have made me think about it in a way that I never had before. It's been fun to listen to a different perspective on my favorite show. My husband has to tell me all the time that Josh and Rex can't hear me when I talk to them while listening. LOL. If you love Buffy, you will really love this podcast. And hot diggity dog damn. I couldn't agree more. Right? Like, that review actually encapsulates something that makes me very proud of this show that we've created in that... We have found a way to be critical of this show that we love dearly mm-hmm. in a manner that apparently, like, no one else is doing. Yeah, apparently. And I never would have thought that was possible. It also upsets me that I'm not able to reply to these reviews. Right. Because I wanted to say, if you're listening, Buffy1, because that's not a generic name or anything. <laughs> if you're listening, we can, in fact, hear you when you're yelling at us. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's weird, and it involves a very weird podcasting experiment and accident. Yeah. But it is a superpower that we have both gained. Yep. So, the you know, the funny thing is we can't actually remember anything that you said after the fact. We can only remember that we could hear you specifically. Yes. So don't ask us what you said, because we won't know, and that's why. <laughs> I just, you know, wanted to explain that <laughs> real quick. 
<laughs> oh my excuse me <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> grandma's garage that owl is staring right at me man right. <laughs> I swear to god it sees through my soul no it's the Edgar standing I was just gonna say without Edgar here we need something to stare through my soul <laughs> How many times have you had the uh, the Treasure Island Muppets movie Cabin Fever song go through your head? <laughs> Zero. We got Cabin Fever. We, we got, got Cabin, cabin fever. fever. And now it's going to be a million by the end of today. By the way, everybody, it's 1021 at night. You're welcome. Fuck you. <laughs> Uh, so the next most recent review, I was going to go backwards in the reviews, but I'm so excited that we have new reviews. I'm starting with those. So right. Nicole of Southern California says on May 23rd, very recent, she says, first time podcast listener, I love beer with Buffy. I am bored with COVID-19 quarantine. Join the club. Thank you very much. And a friend suggested I tried out podcasts. I'm assuming you meant to put an S on the end of podcast. So, I'm a longtime Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan, so I found Beer with Buffy, and it's amazing! I've reached the end, and am so sad there's no more yet. Josh and Rex are hilarious and play off each other very well. I always laugh at the mom synopsis. Joshua! <laughs> if you are a Buffy fan like me, you'll love this. I could do with less chicken noises is my only complaint. <laughs> keep up, Oh, no. Keep up the good work, guys. Waiting for more beer with Buffy and for Ale with Angel to start. Oh, Nicole. Nicole, what have you done? Nicole, you, you, you have no idea what you've done. So you know what this means, Rex. Oh, yes. I know exactly what it means. Why did you do this to me, Nicole? <laughs> this means I have to, at the very least, double the amount of chicken noises on this podcast. What have you done? Possibly triple. <laughs> very possibly. Uh, <laughs> do you have any idea? <laughs> or, dear listeners, you get, you all have no idea just how much. The chicken noises disrupt the flow of this podcast. In an amazing way, <laughs> right? Not really. It's just as good as <laughs> me being highly inappropriate, I do believe, I dare say. Uh, I'll say, I'll say, boy. <laughs> Fucking chicken noises. All right, I, I'll say, I'll say, boy. I say, get ladies chicken. Ladies love chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking foghorn leghorn. Damn right they do, foghorn leghorn. Damn right they do. All right, anyway, we really need to get to that mom synopsis. Now I really want a failure pile in a sadness bowl. A what? A failure pile in a sadness bowl. It's a KFC, the, uh, the famous bowls. That's what you call them. Oh. Failure pile in a sadness bowl. Thank you, Patton Oswalt. Ah, uh, yeah. But I can love him. No, uh, we can we can ask my mom about that. She's always happy to help. Oh, um, just real quick, we probably have voicemails. Uh, yeah. We're we're not doing that today. It was difficult enough to get this set up. 
and we don't want to run for three hours. Yeah. So we'll get to those in due time, depending on how many there are. We probably won't do all of them all in one shot. Anyway, talking to my mom. Mom, 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 mom. Did I hear my name? Bacatua. Oh my God. What are you doing, Joshua? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I went there. Mom, I'm overcoming the internal struggles and external battles of life through the power of friendship. You mean your friendship with me, Joshua? <laughs> I mean, Joshua. <laughs> <coughs> oh dear Lord, I'm trying, Mom. I'm trying so hard, but you make it so very difficult. What does this have to do with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Joshua? Quite a lot, actually. <laughs> do I have to go into it? What's the matter, Joshua? Are you chicken? (laughs) How many times do I have to tell you, Mom, that this is not Back to the Future and I am not Marty McFly? Until I believe you, Joshua. Until I believe you. Fair enough. So, in this episode, we open up on the aftermath of Spike playing the Scoobies against each other, and look how depressed they all are. Spike, of course, is super proud of himself and wants his payment of a chipperectomy from Adam, but Adam thinks Spike is an incompetent dick and kind of a weasel, and he's right. So he makes Spike continue to actually follow through with the plan to maneuver Buffy into the initiative so that, as the Scoobies quickly surmise, he can follow through with his master plan to produce an army of cyborg-human-demon hybrids. Neato! But Buffy and the Scoobies are, like, way ahead of him, bro, and they go in with a plan and a spell to kick his ass. Shit hits the fan, and they are ready for it. Spike narrowly escapes his untimely demise a number of times and goes crawling back to the gang who are just used to him being a dick at this point. A super-secret government team meeting behind closed doors decides that the Adam experiment was a failure, and they shut down the initiative. The end. Still one more episode after this. Not sure where they're going to go with that. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. Soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. Soon as the sun goes down, down, down. Previously on Buffy. Woof! Trouble in Buffy Dice. Spike spent last episode sowing the potatoes of dissent in order to double-cross the Scoobies, who are now all super pissed at each other. And, uh, what's-his-nuts? Forrest is dead, which is very upsetting. We're uh, so sad. For Riley. This is my sad face. This is our sad face. We're so sad (laughs) for Forrest. Riley is having mysterious unknown relations with Adam. Eh... (laughs) God. (laughs) Seriously, Nicole, you don't understand. (laughs) What did you do? (laughs) Ah, (laughs) cheese. 
Cold open. Sunnydale High School ruins. Buffy searches for Riley. But where has he gone? Yeah. I don't like it when they do such a, a short little, like, clip scene for their open. I know. It felt uh, rather anticlimactic. Yeah. But uh, I love the jacket, Buffy. It was a uh, fucking superstar. I didn't even notice. Superstar. It's weird I didn't notice. That's usually a thing I'd notice. I don't even remember exactly what it was. You know, it was a jacket and it had, you know, some studs on the back that I think had like a wing span kind of nice. design. It was nice. pretty nice. And then we cut to Adam's lair in a cave. In a cave. Yes. Riley is not there of his own free will. Oh, thank yeah, God. Right. And, uh, you know, we thought things were going to get weird for a minute, but, you know, luckily it's not a booty call. Fucking Adam, talk about a demon who loves his own voice. (laughs) Oh boy, he does. Holy shit. Like, he literally could just be like, hey, you know, mother put a chip in you. But no, he has to go on like a a five minute fucking tirade about demons and humans and flaws and strengths just to be like, hey... You have a chip in you. Luckily for him, he has a very good voice. Well, yeah, but... <laughs> God. Hey, you have a chip in you. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, turns out Riley has a chip in his chesticle, wired, <laughs> wired through his Jurassic nerve, and there may be velociraptors here, 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 <laughs> and here. But right after... Rex, you were supposed to respond with something dismissive and contradictory, and you didn't. I'm very disappointed. Uh, I was just ignoring it. <sighs> or here, here how, how about this? I don't think so, Josh. Clever girl. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Adam has activated this chip that yep. is in Riley's chest, and it wields command over Riley's... Uh, thoracic nerve, which I guess essentially gives him control over his nervous system or something? I, I don't... I guess. But basically, he can give word commands and control them directly. Yeah. Uh, tells him to sit down and stop talking kind of things, and he has to do it. Control over his body, yeah. not so much his mind. No, not control over his mind. And I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, definitely. So he, uh, Adam is planning on wiping... Riley's memory and giving him unbridled power of some sort. Yep. Mwahahaha. Villain sinister speech and laugh or something and shit. Oh, it gives me chills. I got chills here. <laughs> That's for you, Left for Dead fans. Opening sequence. Uh, then we're back at the cave after the opening and still in Adam's lair. Blah, blah, blah. I'm amazing. Adam lectures Riley about demonkind being too stuck in their ways and shitty with technology. Yep. Humans are smart and adaptable, but too emotional and weak, of course. Riley's pissy about Adam calling them brothers. And then in comes Spike. Spike! 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 I just haven't done that for two months, so. Right? <laughs> and uh, Spike enters in full oppositional disorder form. Uh, he's like, it warms the cockles of my non-beating heart to see you lads together. Yeah. And Adam's like, I didn't call for you. And he's like, I'm not really the call for type. And I'm like, yeah, didn't you know that about him, Adam? Jeez. Why is this a surprise? (laughs) It really shouldn't be. (laughs) So after Spike gets a chance to uh, literally poke at Riley and make fun of his current state a bit, 
<laughs> He's like slightly stiffer than usual. Yeah, Adam's like, oh, he has a chip in him too. And Spike's like, oh, did someone get the party pack? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Chips all around. <laughs> Who brought the dip? Guac? Guacamole. <laughs> and then Spike is like, oh, I did the thing you needed to do. I gave the, the discs to him and the whole team's broken up. This is great. And I'm like, but how is she going to go to the initiative like I want her to? Oh, the information on the discs. But she doesn't have that because Willow hasn't in- decrypted them yet. Yeah, the little witch will give her the information from the disc. You mean her friends, who she's not talking to anymore. Ah, yeah, about that. <laughs> I think I found a flaw in the plan. <laughs> Oops. I, I don't know, Brian. <laughs> Pinky, are you thinking what I'm thinking? <laughs> well, yeah, but... Who's going to be opposed to this couch? (laughs) Uh, Serious props to the props department here for that couch and how disgusting it looked. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of was like, hey, Spike, why are you sitting on that? Right? But, you know, it's not like he's going to get an infection or something. Well, yeah. He's a vampire. But he he might, like, damage his coat. He got that coat fair and square by killing someone. He does love that coat. Yeah. It is a good coat. Yeah. Definitely. It's a very good coat. Do, 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 do. So Spike makes a hasty retreat out as he has to go fix the problem that he kind of created. But really, I'm on Spike's side with this. It's like, hey, Adam, maybe you should have given a little bit more direction here. Right? Yeah. He did. He did what Adam wanted him to do. He wanted him yeah. to separate the friends from... The Slayer, and he did. And he was uh, he was all up Spike's ass about wanting a big rush on this uh-huh. when they should have just waited till they knew for a fact that they had the information about going into the initiative and then break up the team. That's the thing about megalomaniacs, I guess, is they don't think that they can do any wrong. Yeah. And there's always somebody to blame and kill for it, you know? So, fuck Adam. He's a dick. We know that. Yep. Uh, cut to Giles' apartment, where Giles is decidedly very hungover. Awkward hangover scene. Yeah, the whole scene's awkward. Uh-huh, and hungover. Yeah. Willow and Tara show up at the door, and they're just there to pick up Willow's laptop and the discs. And Giles is like, uh, uh, oh, yes, uh, quite well, thank you. I'll uh, I'll probably have a brisk jog later on. <laughs> oh, because he's answering... The question, yeah. how are you? How do you feel or something? Did you want something? I thought it was funny when he's like, will you be working here? Uh, typing, talking. He clearly <laughs> has a massive headache. Yeah. Because that, that'll be fine. Like, no, it's not, Jax. No, it's not fine. <laughs> it's clearly. There, he is exceptionally relieved when she's like, no, I'm just ga- grabbing my shit and leaving. Bye. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was fucking soused. Yeah. By the end of that episode. Uh, It's almost as if he were here with us in person, drinking, recording a podcast. God, that would be amazing. Anthony Stewart Head, you're welcome to do that. Yeah. We know you listen. We know. Positive of it. (laughs) Absolutely. Cut to Buffy's sad piano music in Buffy's dorm. Buffy's a sad panda. (laughs) As she sits there depressed on her floor, 
and then wistfully gets up to examine a lovely photo of her and Willow and Xander being just the greatest of grandest of super yep. friends that ever happened. That's right. Fuck Spike. Their friendship is too pure to be shaken by the likes of some Frankenstein megalomaniac and some has-been goth chaos-worshipping Euro-trash anarchist punk. That's Spike. That's a little harsh. It's a little harsh. I mean, it's not inaccurate, but it's I harsh. I mean, you know, we, I think we proverbially suck Spike's dick enough on this podcast that we can afford yeah. to, uh, you know, say it when he's actually being a real prick. Yeah. <laughs> and he is. Yeah. But no, she doesn't, she doesn't call them. She picks up the phone. She hesitates, then sets the, f- the phone back down. Yeah. And then she grabs a bag and a big-ass axe because she got business attend to. Hey, some accessories just go with every outfit. <laughs> and a giant battle axe, it doesn't matter what it goes with. Everyone's going to say, that goes with your outfit because you have a giant battle axe. No one's going to disagree with you when you have a giant battle axe. How is the old battle axe? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a battle axe. Like a real battle axe. Yeah, don't we all? You know, maybe next time we go to the Ren Fair. I do have a staff. I don't think we've ever been to the Ren Fair, actually. Not together. No. And you're what? Shocked and disappointed? I'm evil. You should know better. You should know better than attempt the fate of the face of the world. That was pathetic. You should know better. You should know better than attempt the fate of the face of the world. There's a lot more with that. A fantastic day. Birds singing. Swirls making lots of rotten little swirls. Cut to Xander's. Xander's lair and or sex dungeon, depending on the time of day. We get an establishing exterior shot of Xander's house. And I don't think we've ever gotten an exterior shot of Xander's house. You know, I wondered about that. Like, I don't understand. They've, right? they've never done that. It's like, whose house is this? Oh, it's Xander's. They don't do it of, of Giles's place. I don't think they can as easily because his is like an apartment or something. Right, but well, there's like that courtyard or whatnot. But yeah. also, like, why do you need an establishing shot of Xander's basement or house or whatever when the very next shot is Xander laying in bed and we can obviously tell he's in his room on his bed because it's part of a couch? I don't know. Probably something, uh, some sort of film theory that you need something for people to just space out on for a moment between scenes either that or some suits that are so used to sitcoms that they don't understand that you really don't need that kind of establishing shot for every transition yeah in from stage left anya anya and anya's in fine form for this scene it's the only scene we get her in this entire episode oh shit you're right yeah it's but like she's amazing in this scene. Yeah. I love like, her. There's a lot of scenes where the writing for Anya just annoys me. Yeah. But this is a scene that like really informs the character in a very deep way. We get to see a lot more human in Anya yes. than we normally yes, yes, do. Yes, yes, uh, Yeah, she's just such an amazing supportive person to Xander here. You know, regardless of being his girlfriend, she's... It, it fucking almost made me cry in front of my grandma. But, um, yeah, it's because Xander's laying there looking forlorn, and she comes in, 
And she's like, why haven't you been to the unemployment office yet? This is one of my quotes of the day. All right. She lifts the blanket up, looks down at him. We don't see what's under the blanket. Oh, thank God. And then drops the blanket and she says, you can't go like that. They won't even interview you if you're naked. (laughs) (laughs) But they're talking about the whole unemployment thing and Xander's like, oh, they don't even have anything good. Oh, maybe I should just join the army. And Anya's like, you know, they have to get up early, right? Yep, fuck and that. He's like, oh, oh yeah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's still upset about the fight with Willow and Buffy. And she's like, who cares? It was hours ago. And that's classic Anya right there. Yeah. I really envy her in that regard. But yeah, Xander's worried that everyone might be right about him being a loser. And Anya responds in the best fucking way possible. Like, holy shit. Yeah. More specifically, a directionless loser with no plans for his future. Yeah. Holy shit, Anya. You get all the girlfriend points. All of them. All of them. In one shot. I didn't write down exactly what she said. Xander says, I don't know. Because I think maybe they're right. And Anya says, so what if they are? You're a good person and a good boyfriend and and I'm in love with you. Whatever they think of you, it shouldn't matter. And the facial acting here for Xander, when she says that, he looks down at her and it really seems like a moment where his eyes are kind of open about like who she is to him. Mm-hmm. It really is a great, subtle moment for these two. And it's all fueled by the amazing writing for Anya in this scene. Mm -hmm. I think this moment really pinpoints a milestone for them as a couple. Yeah. But then there's still the plot of the episode to deal with because his response to that is, yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. And I'm like, nope, doesn't matter at all. Couldn't possibly imagine it mattering. Not even a little bit. I completely 100% believe you, Xander. It doesn't matter how much genuine support you get. That's never truly the end of something. Yeah. It takes time for that shit to process through your own mind. Yeah, he's still sad about his friends because one thing I've learned um, recently is that it's it's very traumatic um, when you lose friends and you don't realize how important it is to your psyche. Um, until it's suddenly not there. It's traumatic to lose people who aren't even really good friends. Yeah. I was talking to a bum the other day just because I was bored. And, uh, you know, I felt bad for him. And I kind of needed somebody to talk to. And, you know, I even bought him a couple of beers. And then uh, I came back and he was talking about the government being, you know, fucking evil and crazy. And he said something about... Um, that's why they killed John Lennon and he starts singing a song by John Lennon that I didn't recognize and he's like what bye get the fuck out of here and I'm like what did I just get did I just get shut down by a homeless man (laughs) shit you you got the bum rush from a bum (laughs) I did yeah he was he was serious he wasn't fucking with me he did not want to talk to me anymore I mean, <laughs> I I felt, you know, he, he obviously has some, you know, mental health issues. Yeah. And I, I had to try really hard not to take it personally. I was like, all right, enjoy your beer. Have a nice day. Yeah. 
Dejection so, is dejection is dejection. Yeah. Like, you know, it almost doesn't matter the source. Yeah. But it, yeah, I definitely, I kind of find it particularly amazing that we ended up with quarantine between last episode and this episode because it makes me really feel like, sure, it was only hours between their separation of a breakup of these friendships, but do I feel it or what? Right. <laughs> Like, man, I, I feel the sadness these people have because I miss my friends. Yeah. <laughs> and no matter what happens, Buffy the Vampire Slayer remains relevant as shit. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Under all circumstances thus far. It's only been 20 years, you know. Maybe we'll come back to it in another 20 years and see how it's holding up still. Now, I bet if we did redo this podcast in 20 years, we would, again, not remember a damn thing about the show. Oh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> and so, next scene, we're in the cave again. Yeah, and uh, Buffy's got an axe. Yeah, he said axe, by the way, not ass. It sounded like ass. I mean, she has one of those, too. She does. I mean... Oh, boy, she does. Most people do. Yeah. Some people are better at it, though. <laughs> And so the wall crumbles a little bit. That was kind of random, but it's a thing that happened. And she just (laughs) happens to happen upon Adam's command center and casually questions the void thusly, Adam, where are you? (laughs) That was totally not the right voice. Adam, where are you? That's better. There you go. Cut to the initiative. Initiative. Where Adam takes Riley to some secluded place within the initiative. Uh, We learned that there are secret places and labs throughout, like honeycombed all throughout under Sunnydale University, I guess, for some reason. Which is neat, I guess. Yeah. Probably. And uh, Adam informs Riley it's... Yeah, like you were just saying, it's a secret section of the initiative because Mother kept her secrets well. And turns out Mother's there. She is. I mean, she's a zombie, but... uh, And definitely not the same actor. Oh, wasn't it? (laughs) Oh, no. I wasn't sure. No. I thought maybe they like filmed ahead or something, but I was like, she wouldn't do a zombie role. Remember, we had talked that why they had to kill Walsh off was that they couldn't afford to have her on the fucking... Payroll. I absolutely get that, but my thought was maybe they, you know, filmed ahead while they still had her on set. No, they just they just picked somebody who looked probably close enough and fucking put enough makeup on her that you couldn't tell. Hey, it fooled me, man. It fucking worked. It did. So yeah, Walsh and uh, Douche Doc over there, yeah, are just zombieing around, dead-eyed, with bloody tubes coming out of them and grafted patches of skin and whatnot. Riley is scared for a moment that Adam is going to do that to him, and uh, Adam is quick to inform him that his destiny is much greater. Yep. And I'm like, duh. Yeah. Why would he go through all this fucking trouble just to make you a zombie? (laughs) Um, And it really, like, come on, Riley. Seriously. You're you're smarter than that. You really are. (laughs) Frankly, it's ludicrous to have these interlocking bodies and not interlock. Putrefying diseases. It'll make you blind and insane, but it won't kill you. Light a bunch of candles and have sex near them. This car, I like it. Please remove your 
Forrest, uh, Forrest sits up. Yeah. Looking like his skull has been cut off and reattached. I really fucking love the makeup they did for him. It was pretty good. The, he has, he has uh, prosthetic teeth that are different than his upper teeth. Yeah. And like his whole jaw is done up like they just put his the front top half of his face skull into the skull of a demon and like the whole design is just phenomenal oh i I didn't think of it like that i was like man why is his chin and throat yellow i didn't get that but now when you say that oh that's fucked up yeah so one of the things i've really been kind of the rabbit holes of videos and stuff that i've been falling into through all this quarantine time is prosthetic makeups and things of this nature and it makes me really appreciate really good prosthetic work like this and it is very good uh-huh like you don't see as good of prosthetic stuff in tv shows as much now because of fucking cgi yeah and honestly because necessity is the mother of all invention i think cgi becoming outrageously cheap has been a very bad thing for a lot of lower budget shows and movies. I agree. Buffy, in my opinion, is a prime fucking example of what you can do on a shit budget. Right. With low tech. Yeah. Practical effect movies will always age better than non-practical yeah, effects. Yeah, because Adam, today, his makeup and everything still holds up to. It really does. Like, I mean, even just going back and watching, like, The Dark Crystal. Yeah. I'm yeah. just like, wow, that's, I mean, it looks like a fucked up costume, but it's a really well done fucked up costume instead of it looking like bad computer graphics. Yep. Completely agree. Yeah. Because, I mean, costuming and makeup are arts that are ages old. Like, yeah. it's way more sophisticated of an art than computers still. Yeah, definitely. And this coming from two people who actually understand a great deal about CGI. Yeah. Because we both do a lot of 3D design stuff. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Forrest is like, oh no, we got better plans for you or whatnot. I don't know if he said it or Adam said it. Oh. All that happens is uh, Riley's like, Forrest, oh God. <laughs> Forrest says, God has nothing to do with it. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, it depends on how you look at it. Yeah. <laughs> He, he probably stepped back and said, this is too fucked up for me. I'm just going to let this play its course. <laughs> but it's really important to state this here. Specifically, Keanu had nothing to do with this monstrosity. Oh, absolutely like, not. Don't lay this on Keanu's feet. He forbids it. Yes. Um, or he certainly doesn't condone it. Anyway. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> but if I know Keanu, and I do... <laughs> He supports what any two consenting adults would would agree to. I feel like Forrest was fairly consenting. Yeah. Does Adam count as an adult, though? I mean, I don't think he does. He's not very old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he, he definitely doesn't have his old human brain. He's, it's, no. This is all very new to him. Yeah, he's, he's at this point, what, like a month old? I guess, yeah. 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 So no, I don't think he can consent to anything. There's no consent here. He, he's he's a minor. This is not okay. <laughs> so cut back to the cave where Buffy acts looks urgent or pissed. I really can't quite tell. Or both. Why not both? Why not? Yeah. And she runs into Spike. 
She does. And he sticks his <sighs> fingers right back into the pies he previously completely ruined. Spike, nobody wants the pie after you've stuck your dick in it. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case anybody wonders what we're referencing, because <laughs> uh, I know we've made this reference a couple of times. Yeah. And uh, since we tend to repeat ourselves every two or three seasons, just get used to it. <laughs> every two or three seasons, we're only on four. It can't be. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, just hunker down and deal with it for a moment. Yahtzee Croshaw does video game reviews, and one time he said, it's a lot like somebody saying, here, you should really try this pudding. And then they put their dick in it. It doesn't matter how good the pudding is. Nobody's going to want to eat it because you put your dick in it. I really need to catch up on his his reviews. Eh. I, I don't like watching it if it's not a game I've played anymore. But anyway, Spike fucks up here. Yeah, he gets a little too eager. Yeah, a little too eager, a little too overzealous. and uh, Suspicious Buffy is suspicious. Yeah, and uh, he says the wrong thing in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, he hints that he is aware that they that a falling out has happened, and he shouldn't be aware. Oh, is that what the key yeah, was? This is this is why I had to go back and watch a snippet of the previous episode. Okay, is because the falling out happens after Spike leaves, right? So there is no reason why he should fucking be aware that there was any falling out between them. Yeah. Because if he had not been playing them, everything he had said would have just been the truth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he he lets that little bit slip. and Because and he's like, what about those discs unabbed? They ought to tell you something. Uh, Buffy says, Willow has the discs. Spike responds, well, then I'd get on that. Can't ignore valuable information just because you birds fell out now, can you? And you're right. That's the ding moment yep. on Buffy's face. Yep. She she the camera goes to her face. She does the squinty eye like, oh, I caught you. Yeah. <laughs> and had he just been like, oh, you can't ignore valuable information, and left it there, right? I was like, but he got them the discs. So that, and he would be upset that you're not actually using them. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but he shouldn't have known that they fell out. You're right. Like he he even came up with a pretty decent, valid reason for him being in the cave. Like, he's like, oh, I'm looking for new digs. And like... Yeah, and it was yeah, even that... fairly believable when she was like, hey, Adam's been down here. And he's like, what? Oh, shit. I don't want to have to deal with that goon. Um, yeah. It was fairly, uh, fairly believable. Yeah. But she's on to him. Cut to Tara's room. Um, really the only thing I have to say about this scene is the data self decrypts and for some reason that doesn't send up big red flags to Willow. Yeah. Nothing weird about that. Everything's fine. (laughs) But also like, why did Spike have to get reinvolved if, if Adam was aware that the discs would self decrypt? Yeah. Well, because... Because Spike believed that he had driven a, a large enough wedge between them oh, that yeah. Willow wouldn't take that information back to Buffy. But he didn't. No. He definitely didn't. No, their power of friendship goes far beyond... It. Like, even if everything Spike had said was true, they'd have fucking found a way to get over it. Yeah. I have no doubt about that. Yeah. 
I think my favorite little bit of this is how truly annoyed Willow is that she didn't have to decrypt the data. (laughs) Right? And uh, on another note, it's not the worst fake hacking scene I've ever seen in a movie. No. I mean, it looks fairly... This happened after The Matrix came out, and I feel like it was marginally inspired by the classic, you know, the text falling image of The Matrix. So, uh, Have I ever told you about the worst fake hacking scene ever put to film? Probably, but go on. Uh, It's one of the NCIS shows. I can't remember which one because I hate them all. I think it I think it's like the the navy one or whatnot but anyway it's one of the 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 CIS shows there's two lab people who are standing there and then there's the other cop guy standing in in the lab right and they realize that their system's being hacked so one of them reaches over and starts typing on the keyboard to try and like beat the hacker and then she <laughs> she's like not able to do it so the other guy starts typing on the keyboard next to her, with her, and they're both typing on the keyboard together <laughs> to beat the hacker. Oh my shit. Yeah, I'll send you a link to it because it's a, it's just fucking amazingly bad. That's special. Like, it, it is so bad, the hacker's movie is better for, <laughs> for quality of hacking. <laughs> I mean, hacker's... Yeah, I'd have to watch it again, but I feel like it wasn't that bad. Oh, it was. Okay. It was. I'll take your word for it then. It was. I just know Angelina Jolie was so fucking hot in that movie. Yes. Do you know what show has really good realistic hacking in it? Mr. Robot. (laughs) Okay. Never heard of it. It has a... An extremely strong Fight Club vibe to it. And like the first season is basically like a complete reimagining of the Fight Club storyline without like involving an actual Fight Club. But like it's about a guy who's a hacker and he has like some mental struggles and dissociative issues. And he's confused a little bit sometimes about what's exactly going on. And he gets tied up with this group of hackers and they're going to basically reset the clock to zero on everyone's credit by hacking. But the hacking in this show is very realistic and like well done. Hmm. Highly recommend it, by the way. It's a fantastic show. I'd like to see that. It's on Amazon Prime. Okay, cool. Fear me. He's so cute. You didn't sense a hyena energy at all, did you? Back to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, sorry. Mild tangent. Whatever, it happens. <laughs> Tara answers the phone because it rings and it's yep. Buffy and she's like, oh yeah, she's right here. Oh wait, I mean, um, <clears throat> let me check because she remembers <laughs> that they had a big awkward fight. And cut to super secret initiative with zombies. Yeah, and Riley is strapped to a chair. He's trying really hard to talk to Walsh. Yeah, and that's just not working. Forrest reassures her that she's just a corpse with basic motor function. Forrest, of course, is much more than that. Yes. We don't really understand. We don't really get a great description (laughs) of how or why. But he does specifically say that he is... 
badass like Adam is. Yes, that Adam designed him to be nearly as strong as Adam. Yeah. But smartly, Adam did not make him stronger right. or as strong as him. Because if you are a big maniacal maniac, uh-huh. you, you don't create henchmen who can kick your ass. You just don't. <laughs> if you make henchmen that can beat your ass, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. Okay. That's what Syndrome's problem was in The Incredibles. Huh. He created a big badass robot that he could not actually beat. First one or second one? First one. Okay. Sorry, I'm not a huge fan of those movies. I've seen each of them once. Really? I mean, they're good. I just I never went back to them. Um, First one's my favorite Pixar movie. I recall you saying that. So Forrest is excited to upgrade Riley. Riley is uh, heroically and a little too calmly defiant. And then yeah. Walsh zombie speaks to him. She's like, be a good boy, Riley. And I'd have to say that's slightly more than just basic motor function. And then yeah. she stabs a needle into him with a super shaky hand. And look on Riley's face. It's not nearly distressed enough. Like, really I've donated plasma, guys. Like, I don't care how much of a badass you are. You get a shaky zombie needle in your arm, you're going to have a look that's more than slight annoyance and constipation on your face. Yeah. He's just like... <laughs> so then we cut to campus where we have a meeting of the minds. Or, you know, the Scooby gang. The core Scoobies. Yeah. Giles, Willow, Xander, Buffy. And just like we were talking about when they were having the big fight, it took one moment of them to go, huh, this was weird, and figure it all out that Spike was playing them against each other. Yeah, you couldn't do this yesterday, guys. Right. Just one moment. All it would have taken was Spike told me blank. Right. Well, what you listened to Spike? Exactly. Why did any of us <laughs> listen to Spike? And Giles' line is the best. He's like, well, uh, I'm incredibly stupid. Yes. <laughs> when he realized, when they all realized that all of the information they had came from Spike, and so they're they're all a day late and a dollar short, yeah. but they put it together that Spike was the source of their bickering and fighting, and um, now they have to figure out why. Xander's theory is that he's all dressed up with no one to bite, and he's got to <laughs> get his yayas somehow. Yeah, but. You know, the theory the theory is, oh, no, Adam must be behind this somehow. And and that Spike is working with Adam. And that Spike is working with Adam. And Xander can't manage to be surprised about it. And you know what? <laughs> that tracks. It does. <laughs> so, so Willow tells Buffy about the info on the discs. And they got some new information about this secret lab where Adam intends to manufacture a bunch of new Franken-demons. And uh, Buffy hypothesizes that the overcrowding of demons was on purpose and that Adam yep. intends to pit them against the soldiers, creating a double massacre so that he has plenty of spare parts for his army of cyborgs. And uh, I, I really love how they use Xander in this scene because his next line is, does anybody else miss the mayor? <laughs> I just yes. want to be a big snake. <laughs> yes. I'm like, first of all, yes. Yes. I do miss the mayor. Not because of his simplicity as a villain so much as he was just such a fun character. Oh, yeah. It, way more entertaining of a big bad than Adam has been. Absolutely. And a, a great, great actor. Yes. Um, I, I do. 
I don't remember where in this bit that that Buffy calls it this, but she refers to what Adam is doing as making a big bad guy assembly line. Yes, that stuck in my head as well. And I just that that cracked me up. It 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 really just made me giggle. Right. And so the dilemma now is that they need to warn the initiative, but how? They won't listen to Riley or Buffy. They're both deserters at this point, and Xander's confused, which is, this is the part that I like how they use this character as a way to plausibly clarify plot points that viewers might have had. Yeah. And because here he's wondering uh, why Adam would want Buffy there and why he isn't scared that Buffy might kill him, and that's valid. It's totally valid. (laughs) <laughs> you know, but since the rest of them are all apparently so great at deducing kind of far out there theories and being right every time. Yeah. Xander is our everyman. Yeah. The dynamic of these characters in this episode is done fucking beautifully. They definitely have all of the factors and it creates a, a recipe for them to not ever write themselves into a corner. Right. I wanted to say specifically the way they wrote this scene especially, but also in the later scenes, really pays off on the extreme amount of skepticism I had against the writing of the scene where they had their big fight. Uh Uh-huh. If they didn't have their big fight where they all felt dumb about it later, I don't think it would have worked as well. Absolutely. And... My skepticism about that scene was wrong. I mean, think about it. That's how it works. Like, you have fights and you say big, ridiculous things that you regret later. Yeah. Fuck. We've done it many times. I was thinking of specifically that. Yeah. So Buffy, again, correctly assumes that Adam wants her there in order to even the kill ratio when all the shit goes down. And that he's not worried at all that she is going to be able to kill him. Oh, the hubris. Yeah. And see, that's really what it comes down to when you have a megalomaniac. Uh-huh. That, like, they're, you don't necessarily have to fight them. They kind of fuck themselves over. Right. Yeah, they think they couldn't possibly miss anything. Yep. And then that's their weakness. So cut to the initiative where Spite's, Spike wants his chicken. God damn it. <laughs> fuck. Where Spike wants his chipectomy. Yes. Well, he's, he's trying to get his chip... Uh, chip... Chip... Oh, <laughs> uh Prematurely again. And Adam is a bit of a stickler on terms being fully fulfilled first. Can't really say I blame him. Yep. He's like, she's coming. I can feel it. And I just enjoyed Spike's line here. One of my quotes of the day is like, good on you. You got a chunk of prognosticating demon in there, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Cut to Giles' house. Um, yeah, cut to Giles' place where they're brainstorming ideas of how to deal with this situation. Apparently, Xander has all the answers. Right? Yeah. he. They really upped the ante on his uh, everyman abilities this episode. Yeah. Because although they cannot find a uranium extraction spell, as Willow suggests... Giles knows of a paralyzation spell, which, I mean, the spell they pull out of their asses seems like a lot more than a paralyzation spell later, but more more on that later. 
problem with the paralyzation spell, though, is that you have to be a pretty strong witch who speaks Sumerian. Yes, and within striking distance of the target. And I thought that was what they were going with, but they, I think they dropped that in a moment, and that's when Giles had the aha moment about what they actually do later. Yeah, because the problem being that you have a very powerful witch... Willow, who doesn't speak Sumerian, Uh but Giles does speak Sumerian, and more importantly, both Willow and Giles are made of squishy bits that you don't want to get that close to Adam. (laughs) It's a problem. It is a problem. (laughs) Xander, every man's an epiphany into Giles. Something about Buffy's slayerness, we need a combo Buffy, and Giles is... Uh, multilingual know-how and Willow's witchy power and you know it sounds like nonsense coming out of Xander's mouth and then Giles is like no I think I think you're right or something I didn't write it down (laughs) by Jove you've got it (laughs) exactly that's not the line but that's really what he should have said (laughs) basically they say young people don't learn anything in high school nowadays but um, I've learned to be afraid so what was the uh, story about that alligator And so we cut to the frat house, which we know to be the entrance to the initiative. Willow says to Xander, are you nervous? Xander replies, no way. I'm full of that kamikaze spirit. Xander, just because this is never going to work, there's no need to be negative. (laughs) (laughs) They they also make sure to mention that the spell is very powerful, but also very dangerous. Well, duh. Yeah. I mean, it's big, bad, powerful magic. Yeah. Obviously, it's dangerous. Not any fun without high stakes, now, is it? exactly. So, Buffy dramatically declares, game faces, guys, we're going in. And I just want to point out the ridiculously bad security of having your elevator behind a mirror and being able to have anybody who can kick the mirror... And they didn't put a wall between the mirror and the elevator shaft. Yeah, I really thought that they did, and but apparently not. Yeah, that's just bad design. It really is. <laughs> you know, any jackass frat dude that stumbles through there during a party could just accidentally fall through yeah. into an elevator shaft. And you can't tell me there hasn't been any drunk enough frat boys that could have fallen into a mirror and broken it. Oh, you know what I think the deal is? I think it's because the elevator wasn't up top like it normally would be. But there still should be... There's there's two sets of doors for an elevator. You're right. Yeah. Good point. Huh. Really? Spared no expense. Yes. Except for the elevator door. Yes. <laughs> that expense we spared. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so they they go so from there we we cut to excuse me rex i said bagok good for you bagok bagok moving on okay (laughs) (laughs) we cut to buffy and willow uh rappelling down the elevator shaft giggity and it kind of like i i thought it was a little funny that they had them rigged up like they were rappelling Except they weren't actually repelling because the rope wasn't moving with them. Well, they were going so slow, too. Yeah. I'm like, why do they do this? I mean, I guess it's probably difficult to set up cameras yeah. to move with people that are actually repelling. Right. And obviously, they, would, they wouldn't have done that. They would have rigged it up so that they just were lowering the actors because, you know, insurance purposes. Yeah. It cracked me up. If you know anything about how to repel 
the tiniest bit of how to repel down anything, you can tell they're not doing it. It also could have been a movable elevator shaft and the actors weren't moving at all. Oh, God. that Yeah, that makes even more sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, Willow's line here. Super, what was I thinking using stairs all this time? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Buffy and Willow proverbially, proverbially kiss and make up here. Yeah. They have a very good warm and fuzzy moment. Super warm and fuzzy. They agree that they were drifting apart and wrapped up in their own shit, and they both apologize and reaffirm their understanding of each other's troubles and fixations. Yep. And then they hug while they're still repelling. Yep. And I knew that wasn't going to go well. No, it doesn't. Because <laughs> <laughs> when fall. you're repelling, you have to hold on to the ropes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Xander gets down there and they start hugging him. And Buffy says, you know we love you, right? And Willow replies with, we totally do. And they hug him. And Xander goes, oh, God, we're going to die, aren't we? <laughs> that would have been my reaction in that scenario. Yeah. Definitely. Like... Why are you hugging me and saying you love me? And then they're like, no, we just miss you. And he gets excited as a puppy. <laughs> oh, my God, his face. His face just brings brings so much joy. <laughs> oh, my God, they love me. Ah, can we go play catch? <laughs> and then he excitedly calls to Giles. He's like, hurry up, man. You don't want to miss this. Like... Like you guys, <laughs> I'm totally getting hugged by Buffy and Willow. It is a true Xander Shaggy moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, it really is. I got the warm and fuzzies. Scoob. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, they... <laughs> <laughs> and of course, they crowbar open the elevator shaft and there's a shit ton of soldiers right outside of it and way too many soldiers right outside of it i want to add i mean i only recall like four or five or something no they had like eight okay <laughs> way too many but yeah was it, were you surprised no i was not because surprised. it's a government facility obviously they would have the fucking elevator shaft monitored also it's been established in previous episodes that I think you you would think Buffy would have remembered something about this, that that elevator was heavily guarded. Yeah, and they had fucking lasers and whatnot down it or something. Freaking laser beams, yeah. Mr. Wiggles, or whatever the cat's <laughs> name was from Austin Powers. So we cut back to the secret lab, and uh, Spike has failed because obviously they're watching a camera that shows... Buffy and the rest of the Scoobies being escorted in by gunpoint. And he is once again trying to claim his chippendectomy prematurely. But this time he has fulfilled the second part of the deal. But he fucked up the first part of the deal again. And I mean, he's like, oh, well, can't you help me for effort? And I do like how Adam replies. He's like, yeah, you know what? I will... I will hold my end of the bargain. And he says to Forrest, let's remove his chip by taking his head. <laughs> yeah, decapitate him somehow or something. He's uh, Watch the episode. It's yeah. a thing they said. <laughs> so, Spike tries to run and he gets throated by Forrest. And I think you can imagine what that means, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just a normal throating. You know, if someone else said it, 
I think they would imagine the right thing, but because of you being you, because of I how think, highly inappropriate I am. Yeah, I think they're going to go to the dirty place. Well, he. <laughs> Why you got to take this to a sexy place, Rex? <laughs> I didn't say deep throated. I said he got throated <laughs> by Forrest. <laughs> so he's he's. <laughs> He's grappling with Forrest, and he's still smoking his cigarette, luckily. So he manages to put out his cigarette in Forrest's eye. Yeah. Ouch. God, I can't imagine. I can't imagine how outrageously painful that would feel. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine that, however, <sighs> yeah, that being a cyborg would probably help with that a bit. Right, yeah. So, Although, no, Forrest isn't a cyborg. He doesn't appear to have any cyborg parts. Oh, yeah, he did. He had some metal things oh, did he? right up next to the incision on his scalp. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't notice those then. Oh, yeah. Get, take another look. Yeah. And but, some, definitely some sort of bionic implant. Yeah. There. So Spike runs off and Forrest turns to go follow him. And Adam's just like, no, leave him. He's fine. What? You were just, like, you were just hard up to kill him. Well, five says, seconds ago. He says, fuck it, let him go, because there's nowhere else to run, and he's right. Because yeah, he was her, just about to close down the initiative anyway. Or lock all the exits. But we'll get to that in a moment. Dig this. Dig this. Sorry, you had to wait. Fire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Or water. Usual. Oh, yeah. I hit him. With what? A desk. So back to, I guess, like some sort of office area yeah. in the initiative where they take Buffy and the Scoobs. Yeah, where the, the colonel is like going through the, the stuff they took off the, the Scoobies and pulls out a magic gourd. <laughs> <laughs> Jerkface McGee is very confused by the existence of gourds. Hey, it's Colonel Jerkface McGee. My apologies. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> so he chews out the Scoobies for telling him his business and being stupid. Buffy chews him out right back for being, for just how much they are in over their heads and messing with primeval forces. That's it. That's the title of the episode. Ding, 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 ding. That they don't have a clue about. <laughs> and then they pick apart his plan to defeat Adam, which would be suicide because they plan on hitting him with laser blasts, which he oh, feeds taser. on. Taser. Taser blasts. Hey, guys, we have this dude who's uh, powered by electricity. Let's throw electricity at him. Yeah, definitely. Like, That whoa. works. Hmm? That works. That's it, totally how it works. I don't see any flaws in this plan at no, all. None at all. <laughs> so he does this guy doesn't even fucking know about the secret lab because he's an idiot right. and walsh didn't keep him in the loop and i guess walsh also was a megalomaniac who just assumed that nothing could possibly happen to oh, her obviously because there was no backup plan in place none for her untimely demise but oh the hubris i'm sensing a theme in this episode yeah yeah <laughs> God damn it. Classic thick-headed government types. Yep. And he's like, oh, I'm in control here. And then the lights go out and, hey, guess who's in control? Not you, Not dumbass. You. <laughs> <laughs> Everything in this installation is under under 24-hour surveillance, including the secret lab. Including everything. 
What secret lab? Yeah. I love that part. <laughs> so concerned looks all around. You get a concerned look. You get a concerned look. Everybody gets a concerned look. I would be concerned. Yeah. Were I trapped in an underground lair. <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, the power goes out and all the demons get let out and all hell breaks loose. Well, some of hell breaks loose. Most fa- of hell breaks fair loose. Fair deal of hell breaks loose. Yeah, we. this scene coming up is very reminiscent, pre-reminiscent, if you will, of that scene in Cabin in the Woods where pretty <laughs> yes. much exactly the same thing happens. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Just happens to have also been written and directed by Joss Whedon. Who knew? Him. He knew. <laughs> so we're watching from Adam's control station because he systematically shuts everything down and yep. watches the camera feeds. How are the cameras working if there's no power? Because we hear the soldiers say in the last scene, sir, the power grid's down. Backup's not responding. Right. I Honestly, he seems like the type that he would have made sure to rig away where he could still watch. I'm sure he did. But my favorite part is the colonel and all the soldiers like, oh, we got to go fucking stop this. And they run off and they leave two guards. (laughs) First off, there's four of them. Sure, there's four of them who are unarmed. But there's four of them. Yeah. So you'd want at least like a guard per or something along those lines. But second off, they have specific extensive data about how badass Buffy is. Right. They went months of testing how badass Buffy is. And he doesn't, (laughs) he didn't fucking review that information. This guy knows jack shit. And they left the computer guy. Right. And one guard. They basically left the four of them with one guard. (laughs) And of course, they get knocked right the fuck out immediately. Immediately. (laughs) And over at the holding tanks, shit goes haywire. Blood everywhere. Cats and dogs (laughs) living together. (laughs) It's pandelirium. Giles is like, we need a a quiet place to do this spell where we won't be interrupted. (laughs) (laughs) Quiet, you say? (laughs) Cut to the main floor where all of that tinfoil is finally not looking quite so stupid. But they really use the space. They have a lot of extras, a lot going on. Really nice shadowy lighting. And just a metric fuck ton of demons. Uh, just a fuck ton of demons, a fuck ton of soldiers. With guns. Like bullets fucking flying everywhere. Shit's exploding. It's phenomenal. Really fantastic pyro effects. Yeah. Just, I was like, I don't understand what is on fire or why there's huge throws of torches happening and I don't care. Yeah. Why should you? Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> it was neat. <laughs> it was pretty neat. No, they they really truly went all out for an episode that is right at the tail end of the season. They absolutely oh, did. Oh, so good. And Spike, it, he had to have been a pig in shit. Like <laughs> right. they didn't even they didn't really establish it. They didn't have any spots where he was clearly enjoying himself, but you know he was having a good time. Yeah. And I'm kind of happy that they didn't show Spike doing anything in this. They just implied that like, hey, he's here. No, there was definitely Spike fighting in the 
in, oh, I, I in that initial him. fight scene. I didn't see him. You don't remember Spike fighting at all? I told you, dude, my focus was struggling. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm just going to take my word for it. He, I will. He did do some fighting. All right. Plenty. Excellent. <laughs> Splendid. Splendid. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Bring the chocolate sauce. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Back to the computer room. Where Willow hacks into the computer and finds the secret lab by following conduits and electrical sources and shit. There's a suspiciously empty spot behind room 314. And let me say that like if you're a government official trying to hide a build uh, an entire like wing of an entire facility, why would you put this on the specs at all? Like this should <laughs> this was way too easy for Willow to find. Yeah. I mean Anytime I've ever been involved with a, any kind of large organization, I can always tell that communication is absolute shit. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if right. there was, especially in the government. Eh, you know, yeah, the fair. left hand's never talking to the right hand. It doesn't surprise me at all that I think it's perfectly realistic. I think they give the government way too much credit in <laughs> these kinds of spy movies. So, yeah, they find the secret lab. It's the blank space on the map. Yeah. Like, it's the secret lab shaped space here. <laughs> there's there's a real thing in the the in the CIA. I I mean maybe this is just what they want us to think. I saw an interview with like one of the higher ups in the CIA, and he was like, "People suffer from the CSI effect. In real life, there's this new actual expectation that is actually affecting how." Lawyers and police officers and forensics investigators, the way they do their jobs, they have much higher expectations on them now because of TV shows like CSI that portray right. the, these things as so in-depth and intellectual and complicated, when in reality, that was never really happening. Yeah. But this is you know just another way that art influences life instead of life influencing art per se. Yeah, definitely. And I forgot why I was even talking about that at this point. It is, however, quite fascinating. Yeah, it is. So yeah, now it's time to cross the war zone. And so luckily all of the locks are disengaged except for the exits. So they have to run for it through the main floor where all the mayhem is happening. Buffy takes point and they go on through. And Xander has a taser. He gets to tase a very furry demon. And yeah. I appreciate the effects. Like they made sure that his fur popped out. When he got tased. Right. It was very well done. Yes, 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 yes. So we're in room 314, and they find the secret door. They choose this room <laughs> to do their seance or what, the, the magic spell. Yeah. So Buffy goes in alone, and the rest of them are going to stay behind and do their magic spell. But after Buffy goes through the secret door and Willow closes it behind her, you can still see the crack and the light behind it. <laughs> It's like, that's not a very good secret door. Right. <laughs> well, it was behind a, a big rack of some weird stuff. But there was still a very bright light behind the door. And also, I'm sure anybody that had access to that room knew it was there anyway. Right. It's like, we're going to have a secret, a top secret wing of our facility. And in the top secret wing, we're going to have a top, top secret, <laughs> secret door. That everybody still knows about, but we're going to hide it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Behind this cart that has wheels. That's... <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it's so easy to move out of the way. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, Xander, Willow, and Giles are going to stay at Magic Central. They barricade the door by a cart that they move easily. <laughs> That'll be fine. It'll work. Yeah, it definitely does its job later, the boy said sarcastically. And then quickly realized that he's not a boy at all. He's a 35-year-old man recording in his grandmother's garage. Yes. Alrighty. Oh, that's right. You're only 35. I'm older than you. <laughs> You're only six months older than me. <laughs> well, I'm currently 36. You're currently 35. Yeah. It's a whole six months where I get to be like, hey, Josh, we're not the same age. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoy it. I do. So Xander <laughs> demonstrates concern that Buffy is going it alone. Hard air quotes. She yeah. confidently confirms that she is not, um, which I believe is supposed to imply some sort of solidarity amongst friends but it actually implies magic well that too and isn't that fucking special it is it's quite special i think Mm -hmm. so back in the secret (laughs) lab buffy finds riley very quickly yeah he won't talk because he can't adam enters dramatically and informatively stating that he can't and he's entered the final phase like she was supposed to buffy quickly quips Sorry, I don't jump through hoops on command. I've never really been one to toe the line. Very similar to Spike's quip from earlier. Very similar. Yeah. But also, very accurate. We have a shit ton of episodes that show her very much bucking the system. Absolutely. And also, it makes perfect sense that uh, Buffy and Spike end up together later because yeah, they, they do have a lot of similarities in that regard. They really do. So Adam commands the, the Zambies to kill her. The <laughs> Zambies. To kill Buffy. And Forrest is so willing to just be like, okay, I got this. And then Zambie Walsh turns on a bone saw and does the creepy drone slow walk. <laughs> then we get that obligatory suspenseful commercial break. Yep. And uh, Buffy, surprise, surprise, breaks out of it with a big old dramatic kick yeah. to Zambi Walsh. And, uh, <laughs> Zambi. <laughs> <laughs> and it, she's, she's still in the stranglehold from Forrest and fighting ensues. Zambies is like if you were trying to say the name of a product, but the product is... Uh, trademarked so like like zombie is trademarked so we're just like altering the the name enough to where you can tell what we're talking about but we don't want to say the actual name come on down and watch zombie land it's 33% cheaper than beep you know the one I mean zombies the store brand of zombies <laughs> They're made in the same factory, but this one has different labeling. <laughs> well, come on down to Zambiland, where we're off on a half-cocked adventure to go find ourselves some cloud cakes by Hostess. <laughs> None of those little Debbie... We can't see that in this movie. <laughs> Dale, double shot, double shot. You mean double tap? No, fucking double shot, <coughs> shithead. Off-brand Zambiland. Oh, I was laughing and I took a bad sip of whiskey. Oh, don't do that. Oh, that hurt. Uh, yeah, 
This shit's like rocket fuel, man. Ooh, it really is. <laughs> By <sighs> the way, today we're drinking Barrier Ridge Bourbon. A straight bourbon whiskey by Green Door Distilling Company, which is straight out of Kalamazoo, Michigan. What is it? 90 proof? Yeah. Should say on the bottle. There it is. It legally yeah. has to. <laughs> it's a 90 proof whiskey. Whew. It'll get you done. <laughs> so this episode of Beer with Ruffy brought to you. <laughs> you should leave that flub in. <laughs> by Green Door Distillery. But not in a monetary way. No. I gave them money, and they gave me whiskey. That's how it works. Yes, it's time to listen. The good guys are always stalwart and true. The bad guys are easily distinguished by their pointy horns or black hats. Uh, we always defeat them and save the day. No one ever dies, and... We're in a secret lab or something. So, yeah. uh, Riley. uh, That's right. Riley's fighting the effects of the chips, and he he manages to say, Buffy, but Forrest tells him to shut up and watch me kill your girlfriend. Yep. And then we cut to Magic Central, where we see the beginnings of the spell. But not before Riley gets a hold of a broken piece of a beaker and starts to cut his chest to get the chip out. I know it's very cringy. Luckily for him, it was in like the most accessible spot it could yeah. possibly be. Yeah, bad planning on Walsh's part, definitely. <laughs> but then we cut to Magic Central, where the beginnings of the rituals are started. That's pretty much it. And then we come back to the fight. Yeah, uh, the spell. It seems like it's specifically tied into the power of the Slayer, which I was not expecting that. And so in the lab, Riley gets his chip out. It seemed a little on the small side to me. Right? I didn't really get a good look at it. But he saves Buffy's ass. She's pinned down by Forrest. He rips out the tubes from Walsh and Douche Duck. Yeah. Making them both collapse. Freeing up Buffy to go find Adam as Riley fights Forrest. Yep. Buffy goes in to fight Adam. Back on the main floor real quick. We see the soldiers continue to fight but they're they're yelling fall back fall back it's a lot of back and forth yeah but i really want i want to single out and talk about this ritual because i really fucking love it like it was well done of all the little rituals and magic spells and things that they've they've written for this show Mm -hmm. this one feels the most authentic to me I'd give it that, definitely. Because they, they're using tarot cards, essentially, as representational pieces for each of them. And it feels so good. We cut back to, to Buffy fighting Adam. And he attacks her with his spiky arm. And she breaks it off. She breaks it off. And... She's like, oh, I broke your arm. What you can do now, huh? Huh? I have another. Of course. Fucking his entire right arm turns into a giant Gatling gun. Go, go, gadget (laughs) Gatling gun. (laughs) Fucking. And cue the one piece of particularly not good effects because it's CG. Like late 90s CG of his arm turning into a Gatling gun. It's not good. I was like, where did that even come from? I mean, I thought it was passable. 
I didn't mind it. I maybe <laughs> I noticed it a little more, but it just. Oh. But he's he's shooting at her as she <laughs> dodges like a motherfucking ninja. Jumps behind a console and he just fucking like where is he storing the bullets? Because there's a lot of bullets. Where was he storing the gun? Right? <laughs> For fuck's sake. I mean, that's the only part about it that I didn't find believable. Because it's not a small gun. <laughs> no. It's like it doubles the length of his arm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he just very giddily starts unloading the Gatling gun into the console. He's very and proud of himself. We cut back to the Scoobies as they finish the ritual. So Willow is the spirit and Xander is the heart and Giles is the mind mm-hmm. and Buffy is the hand. And with their powers combined, they're Captain Scoobies. There you go. You brought it together. Good job. <laughs> That's well done. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Maybe it, it's not Captain Scooby's. Maybe it's Scooby-Tron. I, like, because kind of Voltron. You're fucking it up. Don't second guess yourself. Okay. okay. I went with Captain Scooby's. Okay. It was good. <laughs> oh, shoot. I completely forgot about a line I liked. So, yeah, when uh, Buffy comes into the room, Adam is watching the feed of all the soldiers and demons killing each other. Uh, and she goes, fun, isn't it? And he says, I do appreciate violence. <laughs> she says, good. And fucking lunges right at him. Just starts whomping <laughs> on him. Not particularly successfully at first, but, you know. Yep. Yeah, so when he's got her pinned behind the console, that's when the spell kicks in and she goes all possessed Buffy-like. The bit that they did with her makeup here is very subtle, but great execution. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, it was all in the context and the and the voice work. Yeah. I'm glad they went as subtle as they did. They could have really done over the top and it would have fucking ruined it. They could have gone full Super Saiyan. You yeah. never go full Super <laughs> Saiyan. Well, I like they they could have gone I mean, like first outright. of all, that would have taken months. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey Josh. <laughs> how many DBZ characters does it take to change a light bulb? One, but it takes forever. <laughs> At least nine episodes. <laughs> At least nine episodes. There it is. <laughs> but yeah, the they they could have done weird amalgamations of the the four of them and like light glowingness or anything like that, which was what I was expecting. But they didn't, and I'm glad. But really, the the effect they did with the voice of having all of the actors speak the lines it was excellent. It was very well done, definitely. Um, and so Adam's like, you can't last forever. And Buffy's all like, watch me, <laughs> motherfucker. She's got and like a- she kicks his ass. Or sorry, they kick his ass. They absolutely do. And she's got a force field and all this creepy chanting is going on. And I, you know, I didn't write down. A lot of it was in Sumerian, presumably. Yeah. But yeah, the lines were just chilling. Like one of the things she says is you could never hope to grasp the source of our power. Yeah. Which at first I was kind of like, I mean, they're just a fucking like mostly teenagers source their power. But then I'm like, no, wait, no. But that incorporates the power of the Slayer. And that's like, that is a huge vastness that you can't. You can't comprehend. Absolutely. No, it's just talking about the the primeval nature of the power of the Slayer, not just the people involved. Right. 
But her kill line fucking punches into his chest and rips out the fucking thing. Part of his spine. Yeah. All that (laughs) gooey shit that was attached to that little power cell. Yeah. That was like, it looked like his spine. Uranium, I think it was. Yeah. And she goes, but yours is right here. (laughs) (laughs) She's even quippy and awesome when she's possessed. Well, she has the power of the whole Scoobies for quip. (laughs) Yeah, she's still herself, but she's got additional power. Yeah. Which is the the lovely part. Think about it. All the quip. All of it. All of it. There's a lot of quip involved with those four. They're all good quippers. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. Cheers to that. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think we kind of sort of skipped over... Uh, we, we skipped the part where, where Riley kills Forrest. Yeah, so back in room back in the secret lab, Riley kills Forrest, um, which, honorable mention, <laughs> so Forrest is just as much of a tool as a cyborg as he was as a human. He yeah. blows himself up by brandishing a leaking flammable gas tank <laughs> And taking just a second too long to throw it. It was like Wiley Coyote. It, it didn't blow up until he noticed that it said flammable on it. It was so cartoonish. <laughs> like, Wiley Coyote could be fine running off a cliff if he just never looked down. Right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a little bit of backtracking. Yeah. But it not- was, the whole fucking thing was all super back and forth. Back and so forth, back hard, and hard forth. to keep track of that. So the Scoobies come back to room 314, or Buffy runs back to room 314 with Riley. And uh, just as they do, a demon busts through the door. And just as Giles and Willow and Xander are all coming out of their trance. And they're a little groggy, as one would be. Exactly. (laughs) um, This demon busts through the door, knocking down their ever so wonderfully planted barricade. Yeah. And Weird how that didn't work. I know, right? <laughs> it couldn't have been because it was on wheels. <laughs> but they turned it on its side. Oh, it's fine. But that makes all the difference. <laughs> but, you know, anything that Xander and Giles can move, there, there's no way a demon could move it. I absolutely, <laughs> that is flawless logic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Spike follows the demon in and snaps his neck. And he's like, nasty sort of fellow. Lucky for you, blighters, I was here, eh? And Giles's line is gold. Yes, thank you. Uh, although your heroism has been slightly muted by the fact that you were helping Adam to start a war, that would kill us all. And Xander says, you probably just saved us so we wouldn't stake you right here. Well, yeah. Did it work? <laughs> <laughs> And they all just kind of let it go. It, it did. <laughs> it kind of did. By George, I think he got it. Yeah. <laughs> well then, everything's all right, and we all get to not be staked through the heart. Good work, team. <laughs> I think more or less what saved Spike was they're all very tired. <laughs> they just can't be bothered to fuck with it right now. Like, Buffy is noticeably not tired, but she's the slayer. And sure. Willow and Xander and Giles all look really fucking exhausted. Right. And so Buffy comes through the door. They have a quick hurrah about how great they all were together. And Riley's like, by the way, there's still men out there. Spike sarcastically quips, well, we should go save them by gum, doing his <laughs> best fake but real American accent. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's actually American. 
And then they all go do it, and there's a quick montage of them fucking up the rest of the demons and saving the soldiers. Cut to super secret government room where there's politicians talking about things. And you can't see any walls. It's all just pure black around them. Yep. And they're talking about how this experiment was a brilliant idea, but poorly executed, and maybe we shouldn't have been fucking around with things that we don't fully understand because apparently there was a... 40% loss of men. Only 40%? Jesus. Like, I was expecting way more than that. A facility like the Initiative had to have had a, a few hundred people. That's Yeah, it's still a lot of fucking <laughs> it's people. It's a lot of people. But and I yeah. mean, they state that if it weren't for Buffy and the, the civilians, as they call them, that it would have been significantly more lost, maybe right. total. And I, I hope that the irony of that isn't lost on all of us. <laughs> right. <laughs> As he says. But well, and because Buffy stated earlier when talking to the colonel was that like, no, you fuckers are in my territory. This is my thing. I'm the only professional here, you dumbasses. Exactly. Basically, they're all like, shut it down. We can't control the demons. Burn it to the ground. Burn it with fire. And salt the earth. Yeah. And that's the end of the episode. And I have a very big important question. Go on. The fuck are they going to do for the last one? I know, right? Like, this felt like the last episode. The only thing we seem to lack is the fucking wrap-up. And they're going to turn that into a whole episode? I just thought the salt the earth part was really creepy. It, it was a great line. He specifically says that they're going to fill it with concrete. That's a lot of fucking concrete there, boss. Yeah, it really is. They're going to fill it with concrete, burn it down, and salt the earth. Why not fill it with dirt? Right? That seems cheaper. <laughs> Apparently, concrete is uh, very complicated. Not surprised. Chemically speaking. Yeah, huh. I learned that recently. Thank you, YouTube. Interesting. <laughs> anyway, Gerarg. Gerarg. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength, strength. Give, 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 give me more! Nights, I shall give, walk give, in give, here. Give, 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 give. Hold on. You've got something here. Huh? How'd you feel about this episode, Rex? It was so fucking good! It was pretty good. Like... I think a, a little bit of it was uh, the fact that we had been so long from doing this, and I just really needed this, but holy shit, was it good. Well, it was also a hell of a cliffhanger to leave off on right. for over two months. Yeah. Sorry about that, guys. I mean, we needed some time off anyway, but it was too much time, and we had to jump through our assholes to find a solution on how to record... While yeah. me not being at Rex's house. I'm surprised at what I'm about to say. Uh-oh. Because I loved the finale with the mayor so much. But I think this is my favorite way that they kill a big bad. <laughs> the spell turned out to be the most impressive part. It didn't feel like a cop-out like it normally does. Exactly. Like a bad excuse for a solution. Exactly. The ritual that they did felt genuine and true, and it was very personalized to them and the situation. Mm -hmm. It was phenomenal. And honestly, 
of all the times where they do this back and forth of like three or four different fucking sequences and it gets to be a little too fucking much, they actually did it really well here. Like it didn't feel as as exhausting as it often does. Like I I cuz I generally don't like when they're jumping between a bunch of shit. It it makes right. it much harder for my extremely ADHD brain to keep track of it. Mm-hmm. That's why I always have shit out of order. I agree that it definitely makes it more difficult to keep notes. Um, but you definitely have more of an issue with that than I do with the jumping back and forth. I feel like it, I kind of like it when they do that because it helps bring everything together and it picks up the pace. Well, it's definitely related to my ADHD and I don't, I just don't, I can't refocus that fast. Sure. <laughs> it's hard, but that that's a, a me personal thing. And that's fair. I think they're going to spend the next episode establishing season five's big bad maybe but they also have like i actually know i also they obviously have to spend next episode wrapping up a buffy and riley's relationship yeah and i don't know how i feel about that i think we'll know how we feel about it after the next episode well yeah <laughs> i think we'll have to know really that otherwise we're really fucking up our job at that point yeah. <laughs> but if you really think about it, the timeline of this episode was short, like less than a day, and only hours, really like five or six hours after the end of the previous episode. So yeah. like, the timeline was really short, but it, the payoff was just so fucking good. They leapt so fast. Like, I felt like it escalated really quickly when they suddenly decided... When they went from trying to come up with a plan at Giles's house to suddenly they're breaking into the elevator shaft. I'm like, damn. Yeah. That but, was decisive. But it worked. And I honestly think, like we said, the ritual being so good, if it weren't, I don't think it would have felt as good. Like, the the fact that... the It would have felt cheap. Yeah, the climax of the, the episode was so good that, you're right, it would have felt cheap. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I fucking, I fucking love this episode. I thought it was pretty damn well done as well. What's your quote of the day? I'm going to have to say Anya's line of, you can't go like that. They won't even interview you if you're naked. There you go. That's the quippiness we need. <laughs> so, what's your quote of the day, Josh? I guess I'm going to have to go with Giles' response to Xander saying, No way. I'm full of that good old kamikaze <laughs> spirit. Giles' response is, Xander, just because it's never going to work, there's no need to be negative. I almost actually picked that as well. <laughs> that line speaks to me on a deep level as, a, as an optimist. It's not only absurdly funny, it's also true. Yeah. Uh, if anything, sometimes, like, I I hate unnecessary, gratuitous optimism right. and positivity. More so positivity than optimism. Right. Uh, but they're, they're not exactly the same thing. But you, there's, you know what I mean. One but, feels more delusional than the other. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I'll leave it up to you all to decide which one is which. <laughs> Um, but, you know, definitely you got to be in a good headspace when you're about to do something with, let's say, poor odds. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. I'm an optimist. I feel that. 
Mm-hmm. Feel that deeply. So yeah. Bagok. Yeah. So this has been Beer with Buffy. As always, you can find us on Facebook, Beer with Buffy. Join our Facebook group. Especially through the quarantine, we've had a lot of really good uh, interactions. Uh, just people really wanting us back. And that has been making us feel amazing. The support has been awesome, you guys. And it helped us get through it uh, at least as much as we hope that yeah. we helped you. It, if nothing else, it helped us realize how extremely badly we needed the podcast in our lives Mm -hmm. and going several months without it was just not good for us as much as it was not good for you so yeah join our facebook group follow us on twitter review us on itunes we will read your review on the air damn right uh if you'd like to support us financially you can buy our merch which is store.beerwithbuffy.com you can support us with your money, which is always good. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. At patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. You can send an email to us, beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. Or send us a voicemail. What's that number? 269-743-0783. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. This has been more of a whiskey with Buffy than a beer yes. with Buffy. <laughs> Nicole, you don't know what you've done. Bagashua. done why are we watching this (laughs) it's that time time of day beer with buffies here to stay with whiskey okay i don't know what i was expecting but oh that was good